Hello, Solving Water listeners. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I'm recording live from REACH 2021 in New Orleans. This marks my first REACH attendance, and I'm excited for the opportunity to bring you lots of great new content from our census business. So what is REACH? The Xylem REACH conference brings together utility professionals from across the globe to connect, learn, and grow around the challenges and opportunities they face every day. And while the title of this podcast is Solving Water, We'll have the pleasure of talking with experts from across the wide range of industries we serve in addition to water, including the gas and electric markets. You'll hear from our own people about the work we're doing to enable our customers and partners to advance their customer experience, join the shift toward digital transformation, and save operational labor and energy costs, as well as reduce environmental impact. The conference features sessions that look ahead to how we can not only upgrade existing infrastructure, but enhance processes and future-proof them as resiliency remains a critical priority for communities around the world. I hope you enjoy this series as much as I enjoyed interviewing these leaders and learned something valuable along the way. Good morning, I'm here at REACH 2021, day three. This is in New Orleans, and I am sitting here with Renee Peet. She's the Vice President of Global Product Management and Marketing for Census at Good Silent. morning. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us. Yes, it's been a wonderful experience so far. I hope you're having a great show. One of the things I always love about the conference is the conversations that happen in the hallways, at breakfast, over dinner. What has your experience been this year at REACH? Like, what kind of feedback are you getting from our customers, our partners? So one of the things that I heard at the women's networking reception was that while there are fewer people here, there are deeper conversations. And so I think about some of our early conferences where it was a little bit smaller in terms of the number of attendees and that sense of intimacy. It's almost like old home week. You know, when we come to the conference, you see people that you don't get to see in a year or maybe you haven't seen them since the last trade show. And especially now since COVID, we haven't seen some of these folks for two years. So it has really been a, what I'll call quality, deeper conversations. That's some of the feedback that I got. So talk about, for our listeners, what does your role like encapsulate? What are, what are you doing on the day to day? So somebody asked me an interesting question the other day about what do you make? And I thought about that and I think the best thing that I make at Xylem is teams. And I lead the product management and marketing teams for the census business. And it's about, it's a little over 100 people. Those people are the people who are making the things for our customers, making this event. And what I do is help make all that possible, remove barriers for those folks, facilitate what they need to have happen, help them with strategic perspective, help facilitate it through the business. So it's really a great mix. I like to say I have all four P's of the of the marketing, uh, price, promotion, product, and positioning. And it's great to have all four of those in one house because I can weave those conversations together a lot easier, I think. 
I think that's really interesting that you have responsibility for global product management and marketing. How, how do you blend those together? Well, actually, the, the challenge for us has been creating good distinction and delineation between the roles. Historically, we had what I'll call the mosh pit of <laughs> product marketing. And there were some folks who were you know, good at the discipline of product management, and there were some folks who were good at the discipline of product marketing and Marcom, but there weren't good lines around that. And so one of the things that we've taken as a challenge to address is how to create that real discipline around product management, distinction around the role, the responsibility, you know, managing your product portfolio, managing customer expectations, voice of customer versus what's the positioning in the marketplace versus how do we promote it. So we've gotten really good distinction between the roles. I think creating that clarity of responsibility has been the challenge of the last year and a half and we're starting to see real fruits of those labors. Then it's about making sure that those teams are all talking to one another. But it's easier now when it's clear that you know the product manager's job is to manage their portfolio, product marketing's job is to look at the marketplace and how we're positioning and looking at the competitive situation, Marcom's job is over there to promote. Everybody knows what everybody's job is and it's not so much anymore of, well, I thought you were doing that. No, I thought you were doing that. I don't know if that answered your... Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we talk a lot about the challenges that COVID has brought to our business, our industry. But I've found at REACH that everyone I speak with has a lot of positives that they're actually experiencing. And it sounds like COVID has given you this opportunity to help, like you said, clarify these roles and so evolve your approach to marketing as well. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the stresses of COVID created maybe some space where the day-to-day grind might have led us in a in another direction but I think the resilience of the teams is really what has allowed us to take on greater challenges right so would we have had to go around and get around to the business of of delineating roles more clearly yes but we might have got it might have been slower but because there's so much dislocation with COVID, I think people are open to, okay, well, if everything's different, then let's, then everything's different. Let's just dive into the difference and, and find our way through. You know, I think I really credit the team and their resilience, their courage, their sense of adventure. I mean, we should be, and people are <laughs> going to make fun of me about that, but, you know, we should be having some fun doing the work that we do we should be getting up to good mischief right and there's an opportunity in every crisis if we choose to find it that's great so what are some things you're working on right now with with the teams oh my goodness what are the things that we're not working on there's a (laughs) there's a big effort underway on agile transformation of our business so we're really leaning into and adopting agile in the product management team last year the marketing communications and the what i'll call more classical marketing team went through agile training this year 
Laura Bednaz and her team have just really leaned into agile and adopting agile ways of working and she's been a fearless and tireless advocate for that which is you know fantastic I think it's really going to serve us well in the in the long run that's one big thing that we're working on we're also looking at across MNCS how do we make more efficient more effective use of the resources that we have so I like to joke that MNCS is is a little bit like the island of misfit toys <laughs> You know, if you want to find a train with square wheels, if you want to find a polka dot elephant, this is where we're at. But, you know, all joking aside, MNCS is where there is the mass proliferation of brands, right? And that's where there's been a lot of the acquisitions. So there's a big job of integration to look and find, okay, in this little brand or this bigger brand, what are they really excellent at? What are they really excellent at? And how do we leverage that into the rest of the business? How do we take all of the really wonderful intelligence that we've acquired in some of these smaller acquisitions and infuse that into the broader segment, right? And then how do we take maybe the platform that is in some of the bigger brands in the segment and find a route to market for some of the smaller the smaller businesses so it's a real process of integration I think in MNCS can you explain what MNCS stands for? oh sure I'm sorry no that's okay it's the measurement and control solutions business unit okay great so one of the things that I've loved about my time here at reach aside from meeting everybody is that I'm just learning so much about things we do at Xylem outside of just the water business. So I come from the water side, and I know we do water here in Census too, but I, I've just been curious about the energy market as well and those distinctions between electric, gas, and then also water. So as the leader of, of marketing for Census, I, I would love to hear about how you're approaching our customer markets and if there's any differences or if they're Sure. Pretty similar? Sure. I mean, there are some things that all of the utilities, we serve in the census business utilities, whether they're municipally owned or investor-owned utilities, it's all utilities. So it's a little bit different than, than, say, some of our other business units that have industrial customers and so on. And the things that are the same are, the, are what you would expect across utilities. It's really unlike anything I've ever experienced in my working life, this sense of commitment to service, serving their customers. That is across, regardless of utility type, that you know, people don't go into the utility business to become millionaires, right? They go because they have this sense of, sense of service to the communities that they live and work in, and, it, and it's really remarkable. I would say that the different utility types and the different sizes of utilities are at different places along maybe a, a technology adoption, and it's not always what you think, right? So some of our smaller utilities are more agile, more nimble about taking on new technology. What I will say is regardless of the utility type, they're all looking for how do I serve my customer better? How do I make my operations more effective and efficient 
so I can keep my costs down, so I can keep the rates that my customers pay down? And how do I manage my aging infrastructure across the board? Electric, water, and gas, they're, they're, all, they're all facing those things. I will say that on the energy side, our large electric customers are, are maybe, I want to say, 10 years further ahead on technology adoption just because the electric industry went through that sooner, earlier than water and gas have done. What I'm encouraged by is that our customers who come to this event are all out there looking to try interesting new things and learning from one another. And in fact, one of our best segments is combination utilities or combo utilities. So maybe it's a water and electric uh, municipally owned utility or a gas and electric utility. They in particular can make really good use of the census technology around the communications. I think that it's like any close cousins. Oh, they're so different. They're so different. And it's just, there's more in common with the utilities than, than there is different. I mean, certainly the, the commodity that they're delivering is different. There's different safety requirements around the different commodities. There's different challenges around the different commodities. There's different regulatory requirements. But that underlying commitment is the same. Yeah, that's going to be my next question, so great segue. You've mentioned some of the challenges that utilities are facing, but other challenges you're seeing that seem to be pretty consistent across the board? All of our customers are struggling with a graying workforce, and they've got tremendous depth of experience in folks that are getting ready to what did our keynote speaker say yesterday? Refire. They get <laughs> so some of them are leaving and some of them are recommitting to, to the business. But it's, it's a transformation that the utilities are going through where they're having to attract younger workers into the utilities. And it has to be as compelling and interesting and seen as an opportunity for growth as maybe some of the tech companies are. And if you think about, if you look at a control room for an electric utility, water utility, gas utility, it looks like NASA, right? I, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of a, a network operations center, but it's, it's pretty technical. And so communicating that and bringing in new workforce is a big challenge across the board for our utilities. Aging infrastructure, huge, huge problem for everybody. I mean, we had, you know, in the in the United States, we had the benefit of having some of the first advanced infrastructure, and now that infrastructure is old and needs to be repaired, replaced, refurbished. You were mentioning that some of the smaller utilities are actually maybe more nimble in terms yeah. of adapting technology. What are you finding this digital transformation, how that's affecting how we work with our customers? Well, one of the things that I really enjoy, especially about being here at REACH every year, is our Census Partners and Advisors Network, is our user group for our customers. Those customers teach us more every year about what they need 
from technology than we would find out on our own. Some of our really great product innovations have come from those partnerships with our customers, saying, hey, I have this challenge and I'm really thinking I need to solve that with technology. I'd like to be able to use your communications network to be able to manage this thing. So for example, cathodic protection is one of the solutions that came into our gas portfolio, specifically from a customer saying, I have these, what was I? I was sitting on a bus with the head of this gas utility at one of our conferences. He said, we're the only business I know of that has a billion dollars worth of assets that we only know the health of once a year. Can you imagine being any other business in the world that only knows the state of your assets once a year? And so that utility and our team worked together to create this cathodic protection solution so that they could put these sensors out into the field and really understand what the state of health was of their gas distribution lines. So that's just one example. One of the other great things about being here is the customers who come who are hungry to learn about new technology. And it's not even that they want to learn about it from us. Sure, they want to learn about it from us, but they want to learn about it from the other utilities that are here and they share and swap stories and we love to listen to that because sometimes we don't even know how our customers are using the technology that we create for them and we wouldn't have thought of the use case. I was sitting in um, a session on on Monday um, about census analytics. I was sitting in a session on Monday. It was just so interesting because the Q&A session came up and it was more or less people in the audience answering each other's each other. question and yeah. being like, oh, have you tried this? Or, and so I loved that. Like, it was just great to hear innovation, like you said, creativity, problem solving, everybody kind of coming together and sharing their experience. Yeah, you will hear that in hallway conversations, during sessions, after sessions. It's one of the great things about the conference. So what's up for next year? What are you looking ahead to do? With respect to what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just uh, big goals that you have coming up for the next year. Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit earlier that one of the things we had taken on was accelerating our adoption of agile ways of working. We're really going to lean into that more. We had done a couple of pilots this year. We're going to drive that further into the business next year. I think it's really going to help us especially given the challenges that everybody has with global supply chain components, challenges, shortages, shipping delays, all of that, being able to be more responsive and maybe quick to market with, if we can get them components. (laughs) I think our agile ways of working will really help us out with the challenges that we have ahead. We're looking forward to being able to be physically present with our customers more next year. We're really hoping that we can get back to that. We have made plans for that and we if we need to pivot, <laughs> we will pivot again. Those are those are probably the biggest things. You know the the challenge that we have around our business around global supply chain, it's the same as it is for many businesses. It is real and it is really affecting our customers. So we're looking at strategic redesigns. We're looking at 
you know, given that some components are being end-of-lifed by our suppliers, do we just go all in on new product, NPI, new product introduction? Those are the big challenges that we'll face in the next 18 months. It sounds like several folks I've spoken with over the course of REACH echo those comments, but yep. it sounds like there's a lot of great conversations and transparency happening, and I yep. think that's really driving things in the right direction. Yeah. I think one of the things that has always struck me, so I joined Xylem about seven and a half years ago, is the quality of the transparent conversation, the expectation of partnership with our distribution partners and our customers to get through the challenges together. And I also think that's unique to utilities because utilities don't compete with one another, right? And that kind of ties back to that thing I was talking about earlier, that commitment to be of service. When you're all looking to be of service to a greater thing, it just kind of moves away some of the impediments and you get to have those really fruitful, constructive, transparent conversations. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the efforts you're leading for Xylem in <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion. So if you could just give us an update on uh, yep. what's going on there, that would be wonderful. I'm actually so delighted to be part of that. I co-chair our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council with uh, Hayati Yakardis. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. I'm so sorry. That is a passion project that Colin Sable came to me about, I want to say, six or eight months ago and said, I know you don't have any time for this, but I also know that you don't have any time not to do this. So... <laughs> So I'm, I am making time, this is a passion of mine, to make sure that we as Xylem are making a fairer and more equitable world for our employees, for our customers, for our partners, that we're providing good role models, that we're creating that culture that we all want to be part of. Half of the council are leaders from our employee resource groups, so we have representation there. And then the other half are some HR leadership. So we're really focusing on what can we do, what can we tangibly get done to advance our, to advance our goals. We all recently recommitted ourselves to it. It's easy to get distracted and have the urgent push out the important. But when we share the human stories of why this is important to us, it really fuels, for me anyway, and for a lot of the people on the, on the council, it fuels your passion for, yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you know, make sure that there are more women in our workforce, make sure that people of color are in our workforce and that they feel represented and that if they're looking around at our executive team or they're looking around at our leadership, they see themselves in it and can see their future in it. And the same thing for our customers, the same thing for our distribution partners. I don't know if you participated in the Women's Network um, breakfast yesterday or not. I didn't get to that, but I was at the Women's Networking event the yeah. previous evening. So next year when you come, do attend that. It's such a wonderful panel, and it just brings home for me why I'm so passionate about this. Women sharing their stories, allies sharing their stories about how they are good allies in the workplace. I think 
the work of the DE&I Council, the work of every leader in the company should be about making it a place, a culture that we all want to be in. And we're going to have better solutions, we're going to have more fun if we have more perspectives present in everything that we do. We have to have it. If we're going to stay competitive, it's an absolute requirement. I'm hugely passionate about it. I was doing the work without being on the council. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, we're very fortunate to have you lead that effort with Hayati. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you're doing incredible work. So, Well, I get to be around people who are doing incredible work, and I try not to get in their way. That's... <laughs> That's a very modest way of saying you're an excellent leader. So I always um, end every podcast episode okay. with a question. Okay. Same question for every guest. Excellent. And that is, what is the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? I think the most important thing that I've learned was actually through the Xylem Ignite program. I was very fortunate to be invited to, to speak to the young attendees in a video and as I was preparing for that work it really struck me that the challenges of water are big enough for all our gifts so whether you are an engineer whether you are a salesperson whether you work in HR whether you work in marketing whether you work in product, customer service, the challenges are big enough for you to bring your gifts. And that is probably the biggest thing that I've learned. There's, there's room for everybody to contribute to solving the world's water problems. Well, Renee, I really appreciate you joining today. It was lovely to have you. Very insightful conversation, and I um, hope to have you back on Solving Water sometime again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. And a big thank you to our Solving Water audience for being here today. Please come back and join us for the next episode in the 2021 REACH series. More information can be found at the link in today's show notes, and please contact me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com or via LinkedIn with questions, feedback, or to be a guest on Solving Water.